You are listening to Serve, Protect, Lead, a podcast from the International Association of Chiefs of Police, where you will hear from ICP leadership and police leaders across the globe, sharing wisdom, insight, and perspective. Hello, my name is Craig Allen. I'm a retired Lieutenant Colonel with the Illinois State Police, and I chair the Communication and Technology Committee. And with me today, I have Jim Emerson, who chairs the Computer Crimes and Digital Evidence Committee. We're here to talk to you about a, uh, a threat or vulnerability that we have received notice from from DHS. And without any further ado, we're going to jump into it, uh, covering basically what happened, when it happened, when we knew about it, what you might be able to do about it. And uh, we're going to cover, try and cover it in the context of four or five steps that way. So uh, with no further ado, Jim, would you introduce yourself, please? And then uh, we'll get into it. Uh, thanks, Craig. Uh, I'm Jim Emerson. As Craig said, I chair the Computer Crime and Digital Evidence Committee. And we thought that it was um, fundamentally important to try to simplify uh, what's happening in a very significant way um, such that uh, uh, CISA uh, has uh, issued an emergency directive to mitigate this particular vulnerability. Yeah, so that's DHS, um, Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Agency, CISA. Yes, you have a represent you. you have a representative uh, uh, for each of the regions across the United States and territories, so you have an available resource there to reach out to them. So, um, so... So, Jim, is it safe to say that that there was discovered a vulnerability in this space and that vulnerability was explored and then it was determined that it may be quite significant? Uh, I, probably the first thing to say is the vulnerability was categorized as what's known as a zero day. So, in other words, there's a problem with software or hardware. There's no fix at the time that it's discovered. It's also probably important to understand that it's been out there about 12 days, in, in known to be out there in the wild for about 12 days, which means that um, malicious actors have had quite a bit of time uh, to do uh, anything that they're capable of actually exploit, exploiting with regard to this vulnerability. Uh, so that makes it even more important. And the third thing to probably understand up front is that um, it's uh, a small piece of software, which is found in many, many other products, other uh, hardware environments, software environments, cloud computing, operating systems, applications. Uh, it can affect not only servers in hosting facilities and service provider facilities, but also endpoints within your agency. Uh, so this is, um, as Sissa uh, said yesterday on their their brief their weekly briefing it is ubiquitous it, it's 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 in many many places and estimated right now to potentially affect hundreds of millions of instances of computing uh, infrastructure. So while as a police chief kind of put this in context while as a police chief might have an issue with something in their own agency or their CAD center or CAD system or something like that the very same time they're having a, an issue with this vulnerability internally externally the hospital systems the schools other power companies other systems could equally be struggling which would bring greater attention to the police response is that fair uh completely agree this is a sector agnostic concern it's that vanilla 
of, a, of an issue that it could be found pretty much anywhere uh, and have impact in a negative sense on pretty much anything if not addressed properly. Okay, so let's talk about that. So I'm just, I'm watching this for the first time. I just heard about it. I don't know a lot about my computer systems. I don't, maybe I don't even have an on staff computer uh, IT person. Uh, kind of walk me through, Jim, what some of the things that, that I should be thinking about. Well, the first thing, Craig, I, you know, anybody would, would uh, deduce would be, am I affected? What, what's, what does this mean to me? How do I find that out? And it's a pretty complex question to answer. Uh, so there's a, an array of resources which CISA has laid out, which are out there with regard to industry, and not the least of which are your vendors, you know, your service providers, you know, the people that create the products that you're using inside of your agencies. They're going to be potentially a player in that discussion with you as well. Um, second thing is uh, understanding once we identify what's at risk, um, where it is and how it connects to a network or the greater internet and specifically web services. Uh, because what that does is that increases the exposure, ergo the ability to touch it and exploit it. Um, and then the third thing that has to really be thought about very quickly is what are the steps that I need to take to immediately mitigate whether it's a permanent mitigation uh, that, that, that's possible, that's feasible, or whether it's something interim because the risk is high, it's something that, that needs to be addressed. Uh, and certainly the federal government suggesting that that's the case here, um, it, that, that, that needs to be part of our plan, our security playbook with regard to what we're gonna do next. And as you said, a lot of, of the executives that we're talking to don't necessarily have <laughs> extensive security staffs or lots of technological pedigree embedded in their organizations. They're relying on a third party or somebody upstream at a county level, a municipality, a state level to help them out. So please, by all means, be, be attuned to those channels, you know, because that may be where the real expertise and help comes from in your particular jurisdiction. So there's some hygiene stuff, though, that you and I have talked about. We seem to talk about this with great frequency that can be done. Make sure that my software is up to date. Make sure that if I'm running a VPN and other aspects of my kind of low-hanging fruit, uh, you want to talk about some of that for just a minute, Jim, because I think those are some good reminders of action that can be taken immediately. So, so I'll depart from, at the same time answering your question, depart from the, the, the broader hygiene question. Uh, to focus back in on this particular uh, vulnerability. Um, the Apache Software Foundation is an open source source of software that provides some pretty popular web uh, website uh, rela related software. Uh, and it's, it's widely used, it's all over the planet. Um, and one of their little tiny libraries of software, which is known as Log4j, is the culprit in this case. Uh, the vulnerability we're talking about was discovered with that little tiny piece of software. Stay tuned here because I'm not going to go way down the geek hole, you know, the rabbit hole. What I'm going to do is I'm going to talk about the fact that um, that particular little tiny piece of code could be a problem for your cloud computing provider. It could be a problem within applications you're running inside of your agency that are 
pretty core, uh, essential to your operations, or maybe um, ancillary, but on devices in, in, in your infrastructure in a place that it might expose your infrastructure at a point that's pretty critical. Uh, so it's not something that you can really ignore. It's something that you have to first and foremost, as stated already, you've got to figure out where this touches me. Now, there's a couple of ways to do that. Um, CISA has been hard at work. Private sector, there are a bunch of security stakeholders out there doing things as well. But, but it's important to suggest right up front, go to CISA.gov and start to follow the logic thread. Whoever that person is in your organization, who's going to be able to consume and ingest that information, follow the steps that CISA's laid out. There are not only points of information, but there are resources and the ability to test within your organization to answer the unknowns or the difficult questions, which may not be glaringly apparent. Uh, there's a ton of software listed uh, in what is known as the repository of products and, and, and applications and, and systems that are affected by this particular vulnerability. Problem with just looking through that repository is that unless a technologist connects certain dots, it may be difficult for somebody who's not in the technology space to understand all that stuff. What do I mean by that? There may be um, a particular application that you're familiar with in cloud computing that you see the vendor and the product name for in that repository, but you, you really have to have somebody help you with how does that overlie my agency? At what, how does that touch the services that we derive in that environment and, and what does it really mean? So you're gonna need help. The second thing that CISA has done really very well is that they've created a vulnerability scanner. And uh, this vulnerability scanner through DHS is available. Um, if you're not the, a member of an information sharing and analysis center or uh, organization, as it were, that can help you with those kinds of services, if you don't feel like you're getting uh, read, ready, um, immediate answers from the people you rely on, to this, uh, to this particular extent, then CISA <clears throat> uh, has provided some extra resources here. Um, the last thing to probably note is um, figuring out that it's something that you need to care about is job one, where it is in your infrastructure is just as important. Is it, is it how close is it to the public world, to the internet, as, as I noted earlier? And then what can I do about that? Uh, and we can talk about that as we move into there. There are several uh, steps that are simple and there, there are those that are a bit more manual. Yeah, so we, now we know what happened. We have a pretty good idea of when it happened. And now we're kind of talking about what we can do about it. So there's, there's two pieces uh, that I've taken away from this. Number one is if I've got an upstream, somebody at the, the county, state, federal level that we're partnering with, reach out to them quickly help get help there if possible. The outside vendors is of course another option. If it's an outside vendor, <clears throat> they may have some challenges of getting information out of DHS through Hisson, but your staff can help with that by signing up for an account as a uh, public safety law enforcement uh, officer. But that about fair? It is, and I think the vendors or the service providers are gonna to have to answer certain questions when they're a bit ambiguous with regard to essentially um, 
the current diagnosis of impact. So there, if you go to the CISA repository, you'll see products there that you may recognize that cause you pause, that don't really have detailed impact uh, deduced at this point or determined at this point. Uh, it, it, there, there may be essentially default information blanks in some of those categories. If you run into that type of situation, you really have to go to your vendor and say to your vendor, what does this mean to you in the context of our relationship, our contract, the services we use? Is this a problem for us? And because your vendor may be the one that SIS is actually waiting to answer that question. Okay. So is there, um, is there anything that they should, you know, a department should be doing now now that we know that this threat exists and that it's uh, you know 10 out of 10, so a pretty high level, high risk, high threat, um, I, I hopefully they already have a playbook in place about who I call first, who I call second, uh, my relationships with my contractors, who those people are. Uh, yeah, we got a holiday season coming up. This stuff always seems to come up around holidays, which doesn't mean things to the people that are out there creating mischief, the nefarious actors. Uh, you know, your IT people may all be <laughs> scheduled to be off work. There needs to be some contingency planning because as I, uh, Jim, correct me, but it, uh, December 29th seemed to be like the soonest date that they expected to have any kind of solution uh, available. And then that was a bit murky as to what exactly that solution may be. Well, the, the, it, let me back up a little bit, because when when we actually look at what's affected, the next thing we really want to understand is whether there's been some sort of uh, repair or a patch. For example, Apache has already uh, offered some recommended updates uh, that, in addition to patching the software. A patch typically in uh, security uh, uh, vernacular is a fix to a problem. Uh, so we're going to add a, a modification to some software. We're going to make it safer and more secure. <clears throat> it, there's also some recommendations that are pretty strongly made that if you find yourself in the following situation, you should update to the next version mm -hmm. because a patch is maybe not coming or not coming quickly as it relates to where you are in potentially an older version of that, that software library. Um, when, when you get to your own vendor world and you start talking to those folks, they have their own considerations in those same lanes. And so from the standpoint of partnering with your vendor and working through this, it's pretty important to do that. Um, and and I, by the way, I haven't mentioned this, but your state CGIS rep is is always 24 seven concern about CGIS security. And so from the standpoint of what they're thinking about CGIS connected systems, it's not uh, absolutely outside of the realm of possibility that they're worried about the same kinds of, of, of library presence on systems that are pretty generic and were thought to be safe up until now, uh, given this, this new uh, vulnerability. So talk to your state CGIS rep if you need guidance along those lines as well, because they're going to have their own thoughts about what's important and what to do. Well, Jim, we've, we've kind of burned up about 15 minutes. Is there uh, anything else that we really need to hit on? Uh, I'd like to keep this short, sweet, and to the point, if, if we can, my friend. Yeah, I'm just going to say that there, there are a lot of security engineers out there and practitioners working pretty hard to figure out how to make this less painful for people. 
Um, obviously, understanding what what the impact is to your organization, um, understanding essentially uh, where it is, you know, how it connects to the world uh, logically, you know, beyond your organization, and then figuring out what available remedies there are, you know, for those priority systems, the ones that are closest to the 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 web, the World Wide Web, and the internet, the the, the servers that are on networks and connected you know, as well, and then working your way backward to less critical, less exposed systems. Um, there's a range of things you can do, everything from disabling systems, turning them off, you know, that's a quick fix, right? Not an operationally ideal one, but it's a quick fix. Um, isolating them in different ways. There are uh, web application firewalls available that, that may not be a real fast fix if it's not there already and you can't configure it but to, to basically isolate the systems you're worried about is another step and then there are manual steps that I won't I won't get into with regard to configuring the, the software itself and the systems that they're on to minimize the risk on on those particular um, pieces of infrastructure um, all of that is to say that there's a, a, a bunch of complexity here lots of different steps needs to be prioritized and please don't underestimate the severity because uh, this particular uh, software library is pervasive it's in a lot of things that you wouldn't necessarily suspect you may have never heard log4j until today uh, it, why would you you're not a, a software programmer you're not somebody working in the security or technology space um, it's probably inside of something that your organization touches, you need to find that and you need to react to it appropriately. Please go to CISA.gov because they've got a, a logical thread for how to work through this and use your local resources to assist you. But Jim, I'd like to thank you for all of this uh, information. And if, if we get more and it's as critical as this or as important as this, we'll uh, work with the ICP to see about getting another uh, quick something out uh, as fast as we can. It, it, it's a very fluid uh, operation right now. And um, I think there's, uh, there's, a lot, there's a lot more yet we have to learn uh, than, than what perhaps we already know. So 